0: The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. And uh, I'm going to start this morning a little differently. We're going to have a uh, movie trailer. Okay, actually, we are going to have a movie trailer I'm going to show you in a second. There's no smell of popcorn in here, so I don't think you'll get confused as to exactly where you are. Uh, But um, actually, the first slide up there says something about Palm Sunday. What did it say? Ah, there you go. Uh, We are going to give today, or I'm going to give, a very, what I would call, a very traditional Palm Sunday message. But let me tell you just a a little bit. About a few months ago, probably early January, I picked up the mail down here at the Greater uh, Edwardsburg Post Office, And I fought the crowd, got in there and out, and got our mail, uh, the church mail, and uh, pulled over by a beautiful Lake Pleasant, I think at that day it was frozen, and and sat there for a while, and I was going through the mail, there's a little postcard in here, caught my attention, it said, have a Palm Sunday service that they've never seen before. And I thought, "Ah, I kind of like, you know, let's be creative, let's uh, let's go with this, so I got kind of excited, uh, and I started to read a little bit into it. And uh, basically it was a, you could order a drama package that would have different people that were there that day to testify. So like I'd give you a part and you'd say, yes, I was along the road that day, you know, that different things like that. And uh, that, you know, it was a whole program that you could have. And it it looked like it would have been pretty good thing. But as I looked at it too, I thought uh, it was also just total, it would take the whole service and it was you know, kind of speculation, I kind of thought, you know, maybe that's not really what we need this year. I wanted to go back and really take a look at a very traditional message. Uh, There's going to be, if you have gone to church your life, and even if you just went around Christmas and Easter time, uh, and you caught some Palm Sundays, you've probably heard a message on what we're going to look at today, because we're going to talk about just uh, the crowd there in particular, that Jerusalem crowd. Now, but to get you thinking a little bit along the lines of what we wanted to, there is a movie that, uh, this is actually a real trailer. The movie was supposed to be released a couple weeks ago. I don't know if it was delayed because of COVID concerns or if it is uh, just got delayed and won't come out. I don't know. But I wanted you to watch this little thing. It's for a movie called Church People. I told you if we broke attendance records, I'd get the church logo tattooed on my arm. Remember back when we first started? All we did was preach the gospel. Ooh. Superman works. I like Superman. Guy, what do you think? What happened to you? Me? Your dad is the one with the gimmicks. The power of the Holy Spirit propels us. I just went to church to get back with the gospel. Problem is you're trying to get your message across. Uh, The gospel? Right, right, right. And ain't nobody listening to that. Good Friday and Easter. I need something big. Amen? Bigger than the resurrection. Bigger than anything we've ever done. National headlines. Preach on the death and resurrection of Jesus. Plan. An actual crucifixion. Uh-oh. By placing the nails through your palms in the right place, we hope to avoid major nerve damage. <laughs> Operation Stop Skip as go. That's awesome. You have to cancel this right writing stunt. Don't be so dramatic, honey. Ooh, I like the rusty ones. What are you going to do? I told him he's insane. I've been praying for you. about that dolphin yes. This could be beneficial for all parties involved. We foster a yes environment here. you and you could be my wife I have an answer for you <laughs> <laughs> sorry everyone's why I need a laugh I actually w- watched that first of all it has a uh, PD from remember the Titans which is one of my favorite movies he's the he's the guy that that says uh, w- what's he saying yeah don't ain't nobody listen to that <laughs> ain't nobody listened to the gospel message but the line in there that really caught my attention is when they said uh, bigger than the resurrection we need something really big. We really, we really need to get people's attention, and the guy says, uh, "So you want something bigger than the resurrection, right? That, that's where you want to go." And uh, you know, I, I'm not against obviously creativity. I think we ought to use creativity first class and and everything like that in ministry. But at the same time, I think sometimes we can get a little bit like you know the show is the big thing, and I if. In this area, maybe not so much, but if you've ever been around a large city where there are multiple churches that have, you know, many different things going on, it's kind of like, okay, who's putting on the best show today? You know, what's, what's going on? You know, where, where is this going? I, I found a quote, actually, just on Friday. Uh, a friend of mine shared this with me. It's by a guy by the name of Henry Newen, N O U W E N. I'd seen this before. Pastors quote him all the time. I had no idea who he was. It sounded Dutch, so I thought he was a pilgrim. I really did. I thought he was one of the Puritan preachers. Turns out he is a Dutch priest. But apparently he's written a lot just about the relationship with Jesus. And uh, I wanted you to consider this. And and it's uh, it's it's not it's a little deep. So uh, listen closely. I don't think that you'll ever be able to penetrate the mystery of God's revelation in Jesus until it strikes you that the major part of Jesus' life was hidden, and that even the public years remained invisible as far as most people were concerned. Whereas the world is to insist on publicity, celebrity, popularity, and getting maximum exposure, God prefers to work in secret. Maybe while we focus our attention on the VIPs and their movements, their peace conferences, their protest demonstrations, it is the totally unknown people praying and working in silence that are truly making a difference. And I thought about that even here this morning. You You know, as far as maybe... The most impactful thing that takes place here this morning will not be anything that I say or my presence being here or or Adam or Rachel being up here in in the, the music or anything like that, but maybe the most impactful thing that happens this morning will be a mom who bows her sorry bows her heart before God and prays for her kids, a dad who prays for his marriage and his family you know and and I think we You know, and and again, please please know, I'm not, this is not, hey, I'm attacking any ministry who does things differently, but I think sometimes we we need to kind of refocus a little bit here and make sure we understand, the, if you want to say, the things that are truly important. And I think we see this importance of refocus when we look at the Palm Sunday story. When we look at what happened there, when we see people that in many cases— We could definitely say they are easily swayed. Now we'll look at that in just a minute here, but we want to see are we people who are easily swayed in our faith, or are we people who are profoundly converted? And um, in the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 21, We find just a brief description here of what was going on on this Palm Sunday. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road. They cut branches from the trees, and they spread them on the road. And the crowd that went before him and that followed him, they were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Do you see the scene? Do you see the praise, the adoration, the crowd? Someone suggested, I had never heard this before, but someone suggested that, uh, you know, as much as cultures change, people don't change, and there were people even looking for mementos. Hey, I got one of the poems. Uh, Look at my coat. It has a donkey hoof print that Jesus' donkey stepped on. This is awesome. I'm getting it framed. You know, because, man, everybody was there, and the crowd was welcoming, and the crowd was excited, and we want to be part of this. We want to get in on this action of what's going on. But many of you know, a few days later, what goes on here. Pilate said to them, then what shall I do with this Jesus who is called the Christ? And they said, let him be crucified. And he said, why? What evil has he done? But they shouted the more, let him be crucified. And we see the, the incredible fickleness, if you will, of the crowd. But let's take a little look today um, There are a few different paths that led this crowd from Sunday, Hosanna, to Friday, crucify him. And I want us to see some of these things, uh, you know, just as we uh, observe what has led them down this road. In uh, chapter 26, verse number 61, the statement is made about Jesus. Now, when they put together a trial for Jesus, and this is throughout the Scripture, it records this very plainly to us, that they had to get some false witnesses, and they had to pay them. Okay, we got to get you to say some things. You know, we think, man, today our court system is so corrupt. Apparently, they had some issues back then, too. Uh, but let's pay some people, bring them in here. And they have someone say this about Jesus. that This man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to rebuild it in three days. And some of you say, well, that's a quotation, right? Well, let's go back and see how accurate that is. Jesus said, destroy this temple, and in three days, I will raise it up. There's a couple differences there. One is, um, it wasn't Jesus who said, I'm going to destroy the temple. He said, you'll destroy the temple. And he didn't say, I'm going to rebuild it. He specifically said, I'm going to raise it up, referring to his body that would come back from the dead. But they took this statement, and like is so often the, the case, they took something that had some truth in it, and they distorted it a little bit. The first thing that led them down the wrong path, we could just say lies, but I'm going to say distorted truth. Okay? The art of deception. You tell just enough of the truth, and then you add some other things in there. Um, Even when Jesus was tempted out in the wilderness, you might remember the 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 devil came to him and gave him part of Scripture, kind of part of the truth. Let me lead you down this way. Let me take it out of context. Let me go this way. And this is something that we'll find over and over again, is that Again, we tell part of the truth, but we've got to get people thinking wrong. Now, we're going to develop this more la- later, and we're, we're going to c- come back to this. But the idea, then, of us knowing the truth is so crucial. This is why pastors everywhere encourage you, get in the Word of God, know the Word of God, listen to it, preach, read it, study it. We've got to know the truth because what the enemy is going to do is he's going to continue to bring lies into our lives. And the crowd began to le- uh, to believe these wrong messages. Let me show you a couple more verses from our story. When the morning came, the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. So they're plotting something here. So what fits into this plot? Now, the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Parabas and destroy Jesus. Okay, so the chief priests and the elders, the leaders here, are beginning to make a lot of noise. Okay, hey, we... Got to get rid of this Jesus, okay? The influential, the powerful, those who had the ear of the people begin to say, "We got to get rid of Jesus." So one of the paths that takes them down the wrong road is the distorted truth or the lies. The second path that I want you to see is we do have some powerful voices of this time that could bring the false message here. Do we or do we not have a uh, celebrity culture in America or in the world? Apparently, they did then, too. But, you know, we we get these voices of people that, uh, you know, they need to promote our our product. You know, and you got to figure it works. Uh, I mean, honestly, they keep spending millions of dollars to get these big celebrities to do this. You got to figure it works uh, because we very much have this celebrity culture. I was interested to know, you know, what voices people are listening to today. So uh, I got, uh, you know, I just Googled, hey, who are the, the top 10 people that are followed on Instagram? Okay, top 10 people in the world today followed by on Instagram. I bet you won't get who number one is. Um, I recognize the name. I know he's a soccer player. Cristiano Ronaldo, did I say that right? Anybody, any soccer fans? Okay, he's number one. Number two, I'm probably going to kill her name too, but is it Ariana Grande? Aria- Ariana Grande? Am I saying that right? Grande? Is that right? Or have I been in Starbucks too long? How do you say it? Grande? Close enough? Okay, Uh, she was up there. Then you get into, there was was one of the Kardashians, and then I think there's a Jenner that's also on the Kardashian thing. She was in the top ten. Justin Bieber was in there. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Uh, he was in there in the top ten. Selena Gomez, uh, Beyonce was in there. Uh, And these are the voices. Then I thought, okay, well, let's try Twitter. Number one on Twitter was um, Ariana Grande. And then you had Lady Gaga and Taylor Swift and Rihanna, Uh, that Ronaldo, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo was on there again, Katy Perry, Justin Beaver, uh, they they were on there. And uh, I got looking at that, and, and, you know, I'm not, (laughs) this is going to shock a lot of you, get ready, I'm not a pop culture expert. I know. (laughs) you. I thought he was. Uh, You can tell by the way I say these names. I'm not too too sharp. Uh, But uh, I had seen a little bit of this Ariana, who is number one, really, number one on one and two on the other. Uh, And I just was kind of curious. I knew she was a pretty young girl. I think she's 26. Uh, Very beautiful young lady. uh, Very popular. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to look up and just see what her voice is saying. And the judgmental uh, old-school guy in me thought, it's going to be really trashy. I know it is, and, you know, I'm going to find these things, and I'll tell you some things you shouldn't be listening to. But I was actually surprised. Now, maybe I could have dug further and found some stuff. I don't know. But as I just looked up this young lady on, you know, Wikipedia and started, look, the main thing that they they began to say, first of all, I read this, that when her career started, she was kind of known for her modesty. I think that has dropped uh, some and some of you are like, huh? uh, but I think when her, she was kind of known for the fact that like many other performers who dress as trashy as they can, she didn't do that. And uh, she was kind of known for her more wholesome image. But I thought, you know, I want to know some things that she's tweeted. I want to know some things that uh, she's posted. I want to know some, things, some of her lyrics. So I got, just got looking. And, again, I didn't spend a long time doing this, but enough to look. And what I saw was not a bunch of trash. What I saw, wh- honestly, I, I looked at this, and my, I don't mean to be overly dramatic, but my heart broke for her because what i saw was somebody who's trying to find we were singing this song uh, i think is the last one we started off i searched the world and and it couldn't fill me and that's that's exactly what i saw this lady that had searched the world and had pretty much everything and she's engaged again now and and you know and and you know please this is not a you know i'm trashing her in any way my heart broke a little bit cuz i thought you know this this lady's trying to find and but i thought so we have this lady that she is searching, and she's trying to find some answers to life, and this is the most powerful voice that is being heard today. Yeah, and I think that's a lot of what we have. We're listening to the voices of people that, very simply, they don't have the answers. And they're pouring in, you know, over and over again with these messages. I mean, go down that list of names and look for people who have anything going on the inside and have a security and everything like that, and it's pretty hard to find. But these are the folks, these are the voices that we're listening to. So the crowd back on Palm Sunday, first of all, uh, they, uh, they the, twist, the truth was twisted and messed them up. But secondly, they heard these powerful voices. And the third thing that you know, stands out very obviously is they made some bad choices. And the most obvious of the bad choices was, yeah, Barabbas. Uh, the notorious Barabbas. Uh, the name was known by all. Okay? Yeah, let's free him. This sounds like a good idea. And we get to the place where, uh, you know, our, our choices just are, are flat out. Stupid. Okay, now let me, let me go back to these three ideas for a second and just ask a question or encourage you to ask yourself a question, especially if you are in a place right now where you're struggling with faith. The first question is this, what distorted truths, what lies are you believing? This is the cornerstone of Christian counseling, In other words, when you come to a counselor, one of the things that they're supposed to try to do is get you to realize that some things that you're believing are not true. Because what you're believing is impacting the way you are acting. And what is constantly poured into our life are some lies. I looked um, this week, um, Marissa does an incredible job of keeping, you know, things posted on Facebook through the church. And uh, on Monday, I think she posted uh, the idea, she just said, God never said. And there was a few things that God never said. And it said, God never said that your life would be easy. God never said you'd get everything you expect. God never said you'd be without pain and suffering. But with each, every one of those, you know, we get where we believe sometimes. Oh, God must have, you know, this isn't, God totally let me down. He's totally failed me because we're believing something that is not true. Somebody will say, "Well, the Bible is just a uh, it's not a book of love; it's a it's a book of hate." Here it is, and we're, you know, again twisting and taking things that are not true and putting them in our lives. So, my first que- honestly, my first question I'm I'm struggling a little bit right now, Pastor, with my faith. I get that. My first question is: Is there a lie? Ask God to reveal it. Maybe sit down and talk to somebody, you know, uh, somebody that that could uh, help you with that. Because many times we are simply believing. I mean, sometimes it's just nobody loves me, everybody hates me, uh, nothing, I I can't do anything right, God's upset with me, all these different things like that that we bombard our minds with. And therefore, they're impacting our lives, distorted truths. But the second question I'd like you to ask yourself is, who are the voices right now that are dominating your thinking are they and and i want to encourage you you know especially if this is something you think okay this my faith is struggling okay write down a few names who are the dominant voices in your life right now what are they saying are these people who know god are these people who love god how easy it is for the voices that come into our lives to influence us Okay, now I can listen to somebody that I might agree with. I might think they're right, but they are—they're a very angry elf. <laughs> That's our our phrase we got from the elf movie. Uh, he's a very angry elf. But you know, somebody is ranting and raving and everything like that. And I—if I get into a steady diet of listening to people that are angry all the time, guess what shows up in my life? I become a very angry elf, uh, you know, and I just have to say, well, no wonder I'm mad. Look who I'm listening to all the time. And it might even be some things I still agree with, but, it, you know, but it, it has impacted me because I'm listening to this over and over again. So ask yourself, what voices are dominating my thinking? You know, who is speaking into my life right now? And then, of course, <laughs> of course, i come back to this again. Is the Word of God being spoken into your life right now, whether it is through a time when you're opening the Word of God and looking at it, whether it is through hearing the Word taught and preached. Hopefully hopefully it is right now. Uh, but let's go to the third question. What is it that you want to do that is in conflict with the way of Jesus? I have never in my life <laughs> had anybody come in and say, Hey, Dan, I am really thinking about uh, having an affair with a guy at work. What do you think? nobody's ever asked me that question hey pastor I'm thinking about stealing some things Uh, what do you think good idea we don't ask questions of people that we know are going to give us answers that we don't want to hear and sometimes we end up avoiding Jesus and we don't really want to follow his teaching because there's something that we want to do that is in (laughs) conflict and we know it's in conflict with Jesus It's very simple so, what is it that maybe you know? I've got my mind on you know. You know, walk into the doctor and say, "Hey, doc, I'm thinking about an all-sugar diet. What do you think?" <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fun to me. I don't know, just pure sugar all all the time. We know the answer, right? Okay. And there are some things that I don't want to hear the voice of God. I don't want to hear the truth of God because that's not how I want to live. So, I want to encourage you to ask yourself those three questions. Okay. What, uh, what lies might I believe in? What voices am I listening to? And hey, is there something that I don't want the advice of Jesus? I don't want the counsel of the Word of God because that's not how, where I want to go. Because I think we see these three things, these bad choices and these powerful voices and these distorted truth poured into the life of the crowd there in Jerusalem. However, the good news, second, second part of the sermon here, seven weeks after uh, the crucifixion, fifty about 50 days afterwards, anybody want to venture a guess as to what big event happened? The day of Pentecost. That's right, the day of Pentecost. And um, Peter preaches there in Jerusalem, and there is a very different crowd there that day. This crowd is no longer marked by this. Uh, by the way, again, thinking about today, you know they say that 80% of people in America claim uh, to be Christians, roughly 80, but there's a lot that, we'll just say they have kind of a broad interpretation of exactly what that means. It's, it's the Palm Sunday crowd. It is, uh, you know, here Jesus, all right, Hosanna, all right, like that. But uh, there is a different crew that we're going to look at here at Pentecost. Those that are no longer, uh, if you want to say, broadly following here and and easily swayed. But we're going to find those who are now profoundly converted. Okay? And uh, let's see some things. Starting here, I'm jumping to the book of Acts. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both. Look at these next two words. Lord Christ. He has made him Lord and Christ. This Jesus whom you've crucified. So just as we looked at a few marks of those who were easily swayed, let's look at a few things about those who are profoundly converted. Number one, they have conviction about who Jesus is. Let's go back to our two words there. Lord. He is Lord. Okay? You understand what that word means? That means Jesus has laid claim on our lives. He is Lord. Lord. And they, they got that. Peter preached that he is the Lord. Okay? You know, I've said this before. Two words that never belong together are no Lord. I mean, it just doesn't fit. If he is Lord, we're not telling him no. And, uh, and so the first thing is that he is Lord and that he is uh, indeed also the Christ or the Savior. So I know that he has laid claim to my life and I know that he has offered his life for me. I know who this Jesus is. I'm getting a hold of this. I believe this to be true of Jesus. I know this is true. So those who are uh, profoundly converted, first of all, have a conviction about who Jesus is. Later on in Acts chapter 2, it tells us, so those who received the word, what happened to them? They were baptized. And they were added about 3,000 souls. They went through this baptism, which would be a picture of I'm going to identify with Jesus Christ. I'm going to identify with the fact that he died for my sins by going under the water. I'm going to identify with the fact that he raised again by coming up out of the water. I am now raised with him. We sing that phrase. We sang it a couple times today. I'm now raised to walk in newness of life with him. And I want some people to know. Okay? Somebody, I forget if there's somebody in here. Somebody recently asked me. Oh, I know. It was last week. Somebody asked, you know, would you do like a private baptism? I would be fine with saying, hey, you want to go down the river and baptize in front of family, but I really wouldn't want it to be just like, hey, yeah, the two of us will go down to baptism because part of baptism is saying, hey, I want everybody to know. I am identifying with Jesus. So that's the second thing we see about those who are profoundly converted is that indeed they did identify with Jesus in baptism. Now, Three weeks from today, actually, we have a baptism scheduled for here. Okay, if you saw, if you look at the little announcement slides or anything like that, that's coming up. And I want to mention that because if that's something where, and I don't mean to be, oh, I know better than everybody else, but I believe I say this confidently from Scripture. Baptism is not something that you pray about and decide as something that you do to be obedient to God. I really don't. I don't think it's like, ah, Maybe I will, maybe I won't. I think it is more, hey, I need to identify with Jesus Christ in this. And this is something that when we went through the book of Acts, we saw this over and over again. The believers were baptized. They identify with Jesus. They said, I'm not, fr- I'm not ashamed of who he is. I want to let everybody know this is a way that God has given us to do this as far as, far as that goes. But I also want to mention, though we have it on the schedule in three weeks, I will... Man, if I have to blow up an inflatable pool uh, <laughs> by myself and, and carry buckets of water in, I'll do anything I can to baptize you anytime you want to be baptized here. It doesn't have to be on that date. You say, well, we can't be here then. Well, then we'll do it another time. Yeah, you know, I'll do it. Uh, next week is Easter. That's fine. We can do it. Uh, because I think this is just that important that I am saying, hey, first of all, I believe in Jesus. He is the Lord, He is the Savior. Secondly, I'm going to let some folks know, okay, and that is a big part of baptism. We are obedient to him, but we are also identifying with Jesus, letting other folks know that indeed we do know him. There's a third thing, and I want to read a little bit more from uh, the passage in Acts, actually, at the end of chapter 2, and they devoted themselves, here's what those who followed him did, to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with clad and generous hearts." praising God and having favor with all people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. third point that I want to uh, show you about those who were profoundly converted is that they were committed. I use the word gather, but they were committed basically to more than just a gathering, but to life together, this church. Now, I'm going to be as transparent as I can on this, okay? Ready? Ready? Sometimes uh, yeah, I I don't know if I'm too transparent. My, my wife, you have to watch her. She's a little sneaky sometimes. Uh, after a few weeks ago, I was telling you how good, good the offerings have been this year. She was like, "Are you sure you ought to say that?" <laughs> or people stop. She's like that. You got to watch her. Uh, but uh, but I <laughs> but I, you know honestly, the, um, I'm going to kind of do that again as far as being maybe maybe this isn't you know leadership 101 and church leadership, but I want to be honest. The church today, lar- I mean, the church, okay? One thing that has become less and less important is church membership. There are many people that come to church and they never join a church. We have a lot of people here that are um, involved and very much giving, plugged in, but they have never become official members. And I thought, well, <laughs> you know, the old school in me, i got to find some verses and tell them about that. I wanted to be honest with you, I can't. Okay, I cannot find a verse that says you must join a church. You must be officially on the roll. I cannot find it. Uh, I, if I could, I would. <laughs> I'd have worked it in there today. I promise you, I, I was going to do that. And, you know, I even had somebody one time, we talked about membership, and they were like, ah, I don't see that in the picture of the New Testament. And I said, okay. I agree. I don't think the New Testament church had signed your name on this paper or anything like that. I think it is something that churches in our day and age, have adopted, and it is a step of just a commitment. So I can get to the place where I could say I would encourage that. And I think pastors, I'm sorry, elders, I think that's kind of where we came to was we we were, I think this is a good idea and want to encourage you towards membership. I cannot say, you know, "Eh, if you don't join, you're up. But do you get the idea what we're talking about here? Those are profoundly converted. hey, I'm in, I'm in. This isn't testing the waters to see if this Christianity thing works for me. I'm in. Okay, I'm in. He is Lord. He has complete claim on my life. He is Savior, for He has died and paid the price for my life. It's His. Uh, I want to be baptized. I want everybody to know that I'm His. And I'm committed to a fellowship of believers. Okay, I I think I can say that. So I I say that um, we... Again, today, afterwards, if you are interested in uh, finding out a little bit more about the church, we're going to have a little meeting back. In the, it's in the room behind the kitchen back there, but somebody will be back there to help you find that, even if you didn't plan to, but you want to stay around and find out a little bit more. Uh, I am not going to stand up and say, yeah, some of you won't even join the church. You're not members. Get out of here. Uh, please know my heart where I'm coming from. As, as I looked at it, uh, I just thought, hey, this is this is kind of part of the whole thing of, hey, let's plug in. Okay, let's, let's plug in. Now, let me back up. Baptism, I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say, I'm like, ah, oh, no big deal. Yeah, yeah, not, nothing like that. Baptism is something I can clearly see in Scripture. Those who believed were baptized. Those who believed, I can also say, plugged into a body of believers. Okay, now whether or not that means they signed their name and said we're a member or not, I cannot make that case for. Am I making sense? Okay, here's what I want you to do today uh, because, largely because we are not going to have the Good Friday service this week, we, we want to make sure that we gave you an opportunity to have the Lord's Supper today. And uh, since we've been back meeting in person, you know, we ordered these little uh, cups that have the two, and you know, you saw the last couple months, I'm uh, incapable of opening them. Um, but, uh, but, and I know different people, at, for whatever reason, are at different comf- comfort levels as far as... So I wanted to make this so in his, we've been putting the cups in the seats and I feel like, oh, get that out and eat it, you know, and I, I feel like we haven't really been taking time for the Lord's Supper like I wanted to. So what we're going to do today is we're going to play a song about communion and it's, about, it's almost a five-minute song and actually if we need more time, Play something else or hum back there, guys. Uh, do, do something like that because I want to give you plenty of time. In the front here at these two tables up by me are, if you want to say, the way we always had communion before. There's a wafer on one side or actually a cracker on one side, and there are the cups of juice. Uh, they're like that. So I'm going to uncover those. However, on the table back behind this row of chairs right there in front of the sound booth, there are the cups that are contained uh, you know, more like that, if if you view that as, you know, safer. And, and, hey, honestly, if you're like, hey, I'm not comfortable either way, and you just want to stay and pray, uh, you know, during this time, uh, I'm not trying to force anybody into anything. What I am trying to do is make it as possible for as many that can to observe the Lord's Supper together. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I did, I did want to mention there's also a table back there for those in the back that have the uh, pre-enclosed cuffs. I, I would ask you, especially at those tables, to be aware of people uh, as far as spacing and stuff like that. So if they're, um, you, know, not, you know, obviously with your family, get as close as you want. Uh, but, you know, we're, we'll try to do that because I wanted it to be as, as many folks who could take the time to do this. And I want to encourage you as we do this. The Bible says often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. We're remembering that sacrifice that Jesus laid down his life. And as you do that, as you kind of as we've kind of gone through a little bit of the what we call the Holy Week or whatever that first Holy Week. I want to encourage you to put yourself in that story. Where do I fit? Okay? If you are somebody that is like, oh, I yeah, something's going on, I'm, I'm, there, I'm there to watch it, but I'm not even sure that I believe all this. I'm not even sure I believe in this Jesus. I, I'm actually going to encourage you to go ahead and skip communion today because you're not sure that your belief and your faith is in Jesus Christ. He is the only way that man can be made right with God. I also want you to, to, to think through and, and uh, just say, hey, am I at a place where my faith is really struggling? I want you during this time to just say, Lord, why would you show me? Are there some lies I'm believing? Are there some voices I shouldn't be listening to that I am? Are there some choices I'm making and I just want to make that go away from your path? And I know that, and that's why I'm going this way. And then, Lord, is there a step (laughs) that you want to show me that I should be on the other side of this? I should be with those who are profoundly converted. It's obvious in their life. They believe that Jesus is Lord and has claim of their life. They believe that he is Savior for he has paid that price for their life. They believe that they want others to know that indeed Jesus is their Lord and Savior and they're willing to identify publicly with him and they understand that God has directed us to be part of a fellowship of believers like that. I, I would just encourage you during this time. Now, at the end, when the music does stop and everyone has served, we'll take the elements together. But before that time, I hope, hey, remember you know what I said at the beginning too? and so maybe the most profound thing that needs to happen on this day is in the quietness of somebody's heart out here. Just in a prayer that you're going to utter in your heart, maybe not even out loud. So we're going to take the next four or five minutes as that music plays. You can serve, uh, come up and serve yourselves. I kind of like it to be more than just, oh, yep, there's a cup, you know, that you're getting up and, and uh, being served or serving like that. We're doing that today. But uh, And also just take the time to put yourself in that first Easter week. See where God has you. Okay, so I'm going to pray. We're going to start the music. Those who want to uh, come up and uh, serve themselves, uh encourage you to do that. Father, <laughs> Lord, sometimes, sometimes, Lord, I, I get where... You know, I really don't think think I'm that smart, Lord. And I don't want to be attacking anybody, even as I pray this. But, Lord, I don't want it to be, I really just don't want to have a ministry that is about, let's see how many butts we can put in the seats, Lord, and and how big of a show we can put on to attract people. I want it to be something that glorifies you. And, Lord, I look at the differences in these two crowds, and I just see the incredible work of your Spirit in Acts chapter 2. And Lord that's what I pray for. I pray that the spirit of God would transform us into a church of people who are not <laughs> broadly following but are profoundly transformed, profoundly changed by the power of your working in our lives. Lord, would you even take these next few minutes that we worship you together and work that wor- and begin that work or work that work in people's lives. I pray in your name. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.